Hi again and welcome to Tending the Vine. My name's Camille from Trellis Counselling and this is episode two. We ended our last episode talking about a church of growth and restoration and how much um, God has created and ordained for the church to be a place where growth and restoration takes place. And today I hope to take some more time going into not so much detail, but making this tangible, making this real in a way that we have a bit more of an idea about what what God commands from us really in being members of a church, which is a place of growth and restoration and healing. Before we go much further, I want to take the time to just highlight the fact that this healing that happens in the context of church. It's healing for for everyone, not just those who have a fairly stable life and sometimes there's little bumps in the road or little hiccups, but most of all, in general, their life's stable. So then the, the issues that they're dealing with are perhaps mild. It's also for those who have are or have been facing incredible trials and challenges in their lives and it is also for them that in the place and in the context of the church, they find healing and they find hope. And um, this happens in the context of community. I'm not taking away from the role of doctors or trained professionals because there is and can definitely still be a need and a space for that in the lives of people, especially when there's very complex things going on. But it's much more than that. Um change and growth it doesn't happen in the one hour session in a counselor's office or a psychologist's office the things that you work on in that context they play out in your life they play out in community Um, so then especially for somebody who's going through some very very complex things there's a space for them to be sitting in a counselor's office and a space for them to be going into detail about what's happening in their lives. But as they live their lives, they need the church. They need community around them to help them live their lives well and to help them live for God regardless of what is happening. Um, So I hope that clarifies any confusion that you might have had from our last episode. And as we go on today... I'm going to spend some more time really looking at what what does it mean to actually weep with those who weep and to bear the burdens of another person, specifically in the context of the conversations that we have and holding space to really find out what is going on in the lives of others. And to make this more tangible for us, I want to just share some statistics with you because with that, when we see these statistics, we realise that people are actually hurting a whole lot more than we realise. And I'm just going to read them because otherwise I will miss details. Um, but based on these are based on the statistics of an Australian population. And as I mentioned in our last episode, Our podcast is targeted towards the free reformed churches and most of our church, these churches are say 300, 400, sometimes 500 members. But so these statistics I've taken are based on the 
statistics for a population in a church of about 375 members. So in those 375 members, at any given time, 64 people will be experiencing depression, anxiety or both. Most people in that church will have experienced a traumatic event. Of most people, there will be about 23 who who have developed some form of post-traumatic stress disorder. Approximately 40 women in the church will have experienced physical sexual assault and eight men, possibly or probably more than that, because reporting on these statistics is not very reliable. There will be 19 people with a dependence on drugs or alcohol. Um, Another 30 people will be addicted to pornography, with even more having viewed porn at some point in their life. Seven people will experience intrusive and unwanted thoughts, or OCD. For two of those seven, these thoughts will include very strong doubts about their salvation. Um, Another 18 will have some form of neurodivergence, so autism spectrum, ADHD, ADD, dyslexia, sensory processing disorder. And 75 will be experiencing chronic pain. And for 30 of those, the pain will be classed as severe. So that's just some of the things that are happening in in a congregation. It's just some of the things that are going on for people. And this is numbers. And perhaps they are a little bit different for your church because this is the general Australian population, not specifically individuals. So we want to be able to find a way to, I suppose, turn these statistics into people, which maybe sounds a little cliched, but, you know, you can walk around knowing these numbers or you can sit there in church wondering who are what number, which is not helpful for anyone. Um, But what's more important is just being aware that these things are going on in your church, that there are some people who are really, really hurting. And to move towards people, to have conversations with people. And this just starts with genuinely asking, how are you going? Um, In the book Side by Side by Ed Welsh and also in the Growing Together program by CCEF, um, this is the book, and... This is the program. Um, Ed Welsh also presents some of the sessions in the Growing Together program. He really talks about having that genuine care and interest in a person's life. He talks about moving towards them. So you do start with, hello, and how are you going? And as you have a conversation with them, you pay attention to the things that really mean something to them. You pay attention to what they're saying and and those things that are happening and then you you hold on to the things that are meaningful to them and you remember that so that you can follow up at another time and you can learn more about who they are as people and that gives more space so that you move from the fluff and you move past the periphery of their lives and you head towards what's, what's really important to them, what's really going on. And this doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen immediately or in, a, in one conversation generally. It's something that takes time and 
You know, it takes building trust, it takes building relationships so that these people come to learn to know that you care for them and they come to learn to know that they can trust you in sharing some of the things that might be hurtful for them or some of the things that are really weighing on their heart. Um, And sometimes when this information comes out and sometimes when things are happening in people's lives and they start to share that with us, we can very quickly rush to say something or rush to, even rush to comfort them. Um, And it's very important to remember to to not do that, to hold space, because without realising it, because sometimes we do think we are doing the right thing, but sometimes when we do that, we don't realise that we're actually dismissing or in, almost invalidating them and what's, what's going on for them. Because as we do that, we don't listen. Um, we don't we sort of show that we don't care. And often this comes from a place of discomfort in ourselves. Their vulnerability makes us feel vulnerable because when someone starts to share something, especially something painful, um, to really connect with that and to really be vulnerable with them in the moment, we also have to connect with our own experiences that are similar to that, to our own experiences of that same sort of pain or with our capacity of pain. Like that is part of what empathising with someone's experiences are. And because that's not comfortable, it's actually very uncomfortable for us, that's what makes us rush towards comforting or trying to comfort them or placating them with, with some words or saying it's all going to be okay or throwing Romans 8.28 at them, which is a very real, truthful Bible verse, but might not be connecting to their experience. Um, so instead we need to, I suppose, hold off on that, to slow down and to hold space and to really take the time to sit there with them and to learn what's really going on for this person as they're sharing some of their experience with us. There's a poem or a line from a poem um, by called The Invitation by Araya Mountain Dreamer, I think it is, and that says, I want to know if you can sit with pain, mine or your own, without moving to hide it or fix it or fade it. And... I'm not saying that we have to stay there in the pain, but we need to learn to really bear someone else's burdens, to really weep with a brother or sister in Christ, with those who are weeping. We need to be able to sit in their pain and that comes with being there for them and and listening and asking questions that help us to understand what their experience really means. Now, I can't tell you what questions to ask because they would be very different from experience to experience, from person to person, also from listener to listener. So it doesn't come with asking the right questions or it doesn't even come with active listening. I think we've all heard of active listening, which is 
know, using the right body language and having good eye contact and the right facial expressions and all of those different things, which, yeah, they're very important. But having a genuine love and care and interest in what's in someone else's experience is more than that. Um, sometimes I think when you're thinking too much about active listening, you're sitting there wondering if, well, maybe my eye contact's too, too intense now, or maybe I'm not using the right facial expressions, or and then you're just overanalyzing your own facial expressions and you start to miss what's actually going on for the person. So in, instead of really focusing on what active listening is, and I'm not saying they're invaluable tools, they are valuable tools, but what is more important for a person is that you're sitting there and you are listening to really understand what's going on and listening not just for an intellectual understanding but for a heart understanding and understanding that will lead you to weep with those who weep so that you can really understand those emotions that are going on for that person and you can really understand what it is that's that's weighing down on their heart and then when you understand that, it leads us to do the same. It's what happens when we love another person. If they are grieving and we understand why they're grieving, we'll be grieving right alongside of them because their pain becomes our pain. And that's what happens when we are all members of the body of Christ. So it is much more than active listening. It is a, a genuine interest and care and compassion for those around us. Now, going back to Ed Welsh, he really points out then that because it is such a genuine care and a compassion for others, these are, he says, they're very simple skills that we can all grow in. You know, someone who is a young child, they can grow in this skill, as well as a very competent counsellor can continue to grow in this skill of moving towards someone, of having compassion and care. And as we continue to move towards someone and hold that space for them, we can also start to ask the question, how can we pray? Or how can I pray for you? Um, and then that moves the experience from being just about them and just about what, what they're feeling. And it brings everyone's attention upward to God and, and who he is in that situation. Now, not everyone's going to be able to tell you how you can pray or what they want prayer for, but it is then learning to encourage them and maybe then in that conversation praying for them there so that they can see how they can be prayed for or they can, you know, learn more about how they their experience connects to who our God is because that is what prayer does. Prayer makes us look upwards to who God and makes us helps us to see how he's working in our lives and what he's doing through even the very difficult things that we are facing. So there's a lot of things going on for a lot of different people and we really need to take the time to hold space for them, 
to give them opportunity to unburden their hearts and to share what's going on. And we holding space means they're not rushing in to help, not rushing in to to say things, but to ask questions, to really try and understand what is going on for them. And then once you have have that, then you can ask the question, how do we pray? How can I be praying? Or let's pray about this together. What does this look like? So that is it from me for today. And um, stay around for our next episode where we continue to talk more about this, but how we shift the conversation from holding space to the gospel.